The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Um, we, we started a series five weeks ago titled, We Are the church. We are the church. And our text remains um, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. And we'll read from 42 to 47. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, from verse 42 to 47. And the word of God says that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper. And shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Verse 47, all the while praising God and enjoying goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And in, in, in the first part of the series, we looked at community. And we explained that we were created for community. We were created for what? For community. And we encouraged us to uh, hook up to a, a small group or uh, and, and, and a department and, and just let's do life together because that's what God intends. And in the second week, we looked at worship. We looked at worship and worship, community, these five things that we are looking at in these five weeks are the things that the early church were big on. The early church were big on community. They were big on these things. They were, and we are saying, if we are the church, then we have to be big on these things also. If you are to get the same results like they, they did, better still, we have to be big on these things. They were big on community. They were big on worship. They did not take worship lightly. We have said time and time again, the most important part of service is when it's praise and worship. It's praise and worship. So if you missed praise and worship today, you've missed the most important part of service. Why? Because we are gathered to worship Jesus. And in, 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 in the New Testament church, they, they, they worshipped not every week, not every Sunday or Sabbath. They worshipped every day. So they had service every day. And they had jobs. Because if they didn't have jobs, they wouldn't have money, they wouldn't have to give because they gave generously. And we worship once a week and we still come late. God forgive us in Jesus' name. Ask your neighbor, did you come late to church today? Now, it is okay, but pastor is raining. Come on. If you need to get to work by eight, would you not? Even if it's raining. There's a song my grandmother used to sing. You know, my grandmother is literate, so the song cannot be in English, right? But I will interpret it. She used to say, Be no banjo. Let me tell you, just. Bojo Barra. 
Because Jesus is on, move, on the move so that I can follow him to the end. <laughs> he, just shows, he just says that even if, it's, even if um, fire is burning or the rain is falling, I will follow Jesus. Praise the Lord. So they were big on worship. And we saw two weeks ago that they were, they, not only were they big on community and big on worship, they were big on, com, on spiritual growth. They were, they were big on spiritual growth. They were hungry for God's word. They, 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 they were given to prayer. And the most important thing, God's word, prayer, fellowship, communion, devotion to God, all that must lead to what was the mark of spiritual maturity? Reproduction. So, so that's the mark of spiritual maturity. All that must lead to, to re, reproduction. Each believer was reproducing it, itself in other people. So that's why the, the Bible says the Lord added to the church such as should be saved every day. Not only were they big on community, big on worship, big on spiritual growth, Last week we saw that they were also big on what? Stewardship. They were big on stewardship. They understood that they are stewards. And we are stewards. There's nothing that we really own in the sense of it. Nothing. The person that says that he or she must be buried with all his cars and all his houses that he has built or let's say that is too big to be buried, all is gold and all is cash. By the time they bury the person and they go home, what will happen? The grave robbers will come and strip the person naked. That's why if you see funeral suits don't have pockets, check every funeral suit. They don't bother putting pockets. It's a waste of material. Nothing is going inside. No car keys, no jewelry, nothing. So we are just stewards. And today, not, we are going to look at the, five, the fifth big thing. We are big on a lot of things, but we are looking at five. The fifth big thing that the early church was big on. They were big on one, community, two, worship, three, spiritual growth, four, Stewardship, and, and today we are looking at service. The early church was big on service. They were big on service. And, and, and the person, of course, that is the head of the church, that instituted the church, Jesus, the son of the living God, he himself is an epitome of service. Jesus was an embodiment of service. A drama took place when Jesus was on earth. It is a very interesting drama. And his disciples, he had 12 of them. Now, two of them that were brothers had checked everybody and said, hmm, if we do we are 12, somebody has to be number one and somebody has to be number two. How do we play this politics? So they employed their mother. Praise the name of the Lord. And I read from verse 20 of Matthew 20. The word of God says, Then the mother of James and 
John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully. Don't you love mothers? Fantastic people. She knelt respectfully. Okay, I think we should clap for mothers. <laughs> I know my mom can do this for me. <laughs> she knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request? Jesus asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you. Jesus, in case you don't know where the places of honor is, one to your right and one to your left so that there's no ambiguity, there's no confusion. But Jesus answered by saying to them, the mother and the two children, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? In other words, can you pay the price? Can you pay the sacrifice that is required? And their response was amazing. These people were not looking for cheap positions. They said, we know. And oh yes, they replied, we are able. Now, if they were lying, if they were not able or willing, Jesus would have told them that they were lying like he did in a couple of places. So Jesus turned on Jesus that these guys are willing to pay the price. They are not just asking for cheap position. Then Jesus now took it higher. And Jesus said to them, you indeed will drink from my bitter cup. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or on my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what the two brothers, James and Donald, had, had asked, they were indignant. Now, Jesus now gave the secret of who will sit on his right and who will sit on his left. Amazing. But Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people. And the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will not be, it will be different. It will not be so. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your what? Your servant. And whoever wants to be first amongst you must be your slave. For even me, Jesus speaking, the son of man, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Amazing. So Jesus is saying, this is the criteria of, of, of leadership in my kingdom. This is the criteria of honor. This is the criteria of relevance. This is what will determine who sits where. The person that wants to be the leader must be the, must be the servant. And Jesus, in this passage of scriptures, released the two keys of significance in the kingdom of God. Don't miss this. 
two keys for significance in the kingdom of God. If you read it, you will think it's only one. There are two. And the two keys for significance in the kingdom of God is sacrifice and service. The, the, the first thing Jesus put before them is, can you pay the price? Can you give the sacrifice that is required? They says we can. Oh, yes, we can. Jesus just looked at them and said, oh, yes, you will. I know you are not lying. I know you will. However, even after you have given the sacrifice, you must still stoop to serve. <laughs> now, let's take sacrifice for one. So, the willingness to sacrifice for God is the beginning of significance in the kingdom. The willingness to sacrifice for God is the beginning of significance in the kingdom of God. I mean, if, if you are not going to sacrifice for the kingdom of God, you want like the teaser we saw last week, you want church to start whenever you come. If you get to church 8.30, that's when church should start. If you get to church 9, that's when church should start. Everything should just be around you. When you come to church, you, 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 want, you want a pony. You want a donkey. You remember that? <laughs> you know, no sacrifice. Sacrifice is, is, is the beginning. It's not even, it's, it's, like, it's like kindergarten stuff in the kingdom. Sacrifice is kindergarten stuff in the kingdom. So you, when you have people that are unwilling to sacrifice, they've not even started. That's what Jesus is saying. When the weather is cold, then, ah, today is, ah, let me relax. So I'm not the one that killed Jesus. Let me relax. I'll buy, I'll buy the CD and listen to the message on Sunday. <laughs> Let me relax. Sacrifice is the starting point. And, and you see, Jesus now goes beyond that. He says, after you have sacrificed, you must be willing to take the back seat and serve. Isn't that just counterintuitive? After you have sacrificed, you've done all. Shouldn't you take a prestigious seat? Jesus is saying, after you have sacrificed, then you must be willing to take the back seat. Wow. Those are the two keys of significance. Can you, can you see how we just run in opposite direction to the kingdom of the world? You, you, you are working in a place. You sacrifice to build the organization. You gave everything. And Jesus is saying, after you have given everything, go and take the mop and begin to mop like the cleaner. How does that add up? You should be rewarded. You should be promoted to senior manager or, or chief executive officer or whatever. That is how the system of the world works. The kingdom of God is the opposite. He that wants to be the leader must be the... Wow. So it, it is not about big manism. It is about begonism. I know you are struggling to clap. I know it's choking. It's choking really hard. I know. But try and clap. Try and clap for Jesus. <laughs> Listen, 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 listen. That is the kingdom of God. 
It runs at variance to the kingdom of the world. And Jesus is saying, guys, don't miss this. I, I, I want the best for you. Listen, there's no point arguing. There's no point being distraught. There's no point being disgruntled at, 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 at um, James's mother. And Johnson's mother. I'm going to give you the formula so everybody knows it so you know what to do. The person that will be great in the kingdom must be the, must be the servant. Jesus says. Must be the servant. I got a text from a lady. <laughs> text, WhatsApp, I can't even remember. Some messaging, you know. And she said to me, some Sundays ago, I greeted her and her son and, and her children and I was going to the bathroom in between services and and so she sent me a message on, on WhatsApp and said to, said to me that after that she was apologizing that the son didn't greet me well, I was like, I thought the guy was cool, you know. <laughs> so that the boy said, she said to the boy, oh, why didn't you, that is the pastor, why didn't you greet him well? What's wrong with you? Let me give you enough. And the boy said, ah, how can that be the pastor? He doesn't have bodyguards. You know, see, and these people have been coming to church for over a year and a half. They were with us since Orchid. The boy was like, that cannot be the pastor. I've seen pastors. I know how they look. <laughs> had a good laugh. <laughs> you see, many times we, we miss it. We miss it. Why do you think that they were, when Jesus was with them, all along. Why do you think that they couldn't recognize Jesus among the twelve when they came to, to pick him up at Gethsemane? Why couldn't they recognize Jesus? Because he was just like every other person. That was why they needed someone to betray him with a kiss. Because if they had gone there, they would have picked up Peter. Because Peter is the one that has a big chest. They would have carried somebody else. So they needed somebody to be trained with a kiss. Why? Because Jesus wore the same thing everybody wore. He went to the same bathroom everybody went to. He rode on the same, walked on the same road everybody walked on. And he was the king of kings and he's the lord of lords. So what's wrong with us? Praise the name of the Lord. So people come to church and say, oh, they need to honor me in that church if you know what I have done. Come on. Get a grip. This is the kingdom of God. I don't say the kingdom of God. In John 3, 13, John 13 verse 3. Now you need to write very fast. I'm entering super fast mode right now. John 13 verse 3. John 13 verse 3, the word of God says that, that from verse 3, that Jesus knew. If you have, a, even if your phones can highlight scripture, please underline that new. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table and took off his robes, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin, 
Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel. Jesus, the Son of the Living God. Now, you know, that scripture started with, and Jesus knew that his father had given him all things. He knew who he was. He knew how powerful he was. Many of us think humility is, is because you are just downtrodden. You don't know who you are. No, 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 no. Humility is knowing who you are and laying it aside. That's humility. False humility is trying to pretend that you don't even know who you are. That's false humility. Humility is knowing who you are and laying it aside. Jesus knew who he was. And he went down and he was washing his disciples' feet. So the question to you and I is that, what do you do when you are the most important person in the room? When you find out, you enter your house or your office or your, or your department, wherever, wherever, what do you do when it suddenly dawns on you that you are the most important person in the room? What do you do? What do you do? When it dawns on you that, of course, yes, God is there and God is most important, yes, but after God is you. What do you do? When you enter a community and all of a sudden you are the most important person in that community, what do you do? What you do is you get up and you serve. That's what Jesus did. Hallelujah. You, you do what? You get up and you serve others. You get up and you serve others. That's what you do. You, what do you do when, when you find out that in, in your house, you, be, you are the most important person? Daddy walks into the house. He discovers he's the most important person. What should he do? He should go to the kitchen and wash the plates. That is the kingdom of God. Now everybody is... <laughs> Some people are struggling on their chairs. You know, I mean, you have to bring this home. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. If you say that we apply this word or we don't, that's what the Bible is saying. What do you do when you find out that you enter a terrain and you're the most important person? What do you do? You enter a church, you are the pastor. Apart from God, maybe you are next, maybe you are not, I don't know. But you see that there's water on the ground. What do you do? You pick up the mop and mop the water. That's what you do. Say, okay, pastor, that's why you have been doing nothing. Yes, that's why I've been mopping. That's why I've been sweeping. That is why I have been doing the manual work. Why? Because if the most anointed person on earth can wash the feet of his disciples, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with my hands? Why can't I? And, and you see, sometimes when, we, when you read that scripture that Jesus was the feet of the disciples, for those of us in this part of the world and in this time and age, we really don't understand it, you know. But, but let me try and bring it home in a way that we, we get it. Now, it is really, really wet outside. So it's muddy, right, and murky. Imagine your, your, your feet are dirty. Then you come to house fellowship or to church and pastor just comes and begins to clean everybody's shoes. How will that sound? Okay, I know some of you are like, okay, there's, my shoes are clean. I came in my, um, um, you know, the car. 
How will it feel? But your tires have gone through those waters, right? Imagine you came to church and pastor just begin to wash your tire of your car. Goes on his knees and by the time you come out, the tires of your cars are clean. That was what Jesus was doing. Because they didn't have cars. Their sandals, their feet, the dust of the desert, everything was dirty. And Jesus washed it. So don't go and say, Pastor, can you see, go and wash my tires now. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I mean, just... See, there's, there's no such thing as being too young or too old or too big to serve Jesus. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as being too young. I'm too young to serve. I'm too, I'm too old to serve. I'm too big to serve. Oh, can't you know I'm a big man? Can't you know I'm a, I'm a big girl? So how do they say that thing? I don't even know how to say it. Say it again. Okay, you guys know it. <laughs> So, what am I saying, bottom line? Bottom line, we are saved to serve. We are, we are what? We are saved to serve. We are saved to serve, you and I. We are saved to serve. Like, like Perry Noble, some pastor put it. He says, saved, well, I've heard it before, I mean, but he's the one that says it most, so I just attribute it to him. So, if I'm wrong, so if you know the original person, I don't know. He says, saved people save, saved people serve people. Saved people serve people. If you are saved, you are saved to serve. You are saved to serve. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Count others more significant as yourself. So, as you are, you are hearing this, and you're like, okay, Pastor, I'm fired up. I want to serve. How do I serve? You know, serving is just over my head. What does that mean? I'm going to give you threefold ways, callings to serve. You know, that's simple and straightforward. Number one, serve the people you are with every day. The people you sleep and you wake up with, serve them. Start from there. I said, if dad walks into the house and is the most important person in the house, if he wants to really follow Jesus, what should he do? Wash the plates. Clean the sofa. Arrange the table. Praise the name of the Lord. As in, I hope I'm not cursing so. <laughs> you know, that's what Jesus said. Serve the people you are with. Serve your wife. Serve your husband. You know, I, I know women that their husband is sitting down. You know, sometimes women, we, we just want to be pampered. You know, is that, am I correct? And the, and the man is just sitting down and says, oh, baby, let me get a drink from from the fridge. And you wife say, what's wrong with your leg? <laughs> you know, don't ever say that to a man. Okay, you don't say it, but your eyes says it. You are going while you're looking at the guy. 
Serve the people you are with. Serve at work. Serve the people you are with. This cannot be so complex. It's simple. Someone around you needs to get something. Get it for them. Serve them. That's where you start from. My wife and I, we serve each other in different ways. <laughs> Should I go there? <laughs> you want me to go there? Before, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get it. I mean, before I understood the love languages, you know, it used to really irritate me because, and I'm confessing now, don't look at me like that. If you've been to my house, come into the kitchen, if you, if you come into the kitchen, you know, my wife can't be by the table before the door, and there is the cupboard on top of her has the knife. And I come in, and I just want to go in, JJ. And she says to me, oh, please can you help me get the knife? And I stand there, and I measure the distance between myself and the cupboard. And measure the distance between herself and the cupboard. That distance is shorter than this distance. So why is she telling me to get the knife? I don't understand it. Oh, I didn't understand it. I used to grumble. What is all this? I know if I don't get the knife, there may be no show. So, <laughs> now don't look at me like that. Come on, come on. So, so I need to cut my losses. <laughs> What's the opportunity cost? <laughs> Don't get this knife. That's the alternative for God. I will get the knife. <laughs> so I get the knife. Now, now, at, at, at that point in time, it used to just irritate me. I just didn't understand it. But I later understood that different people have different love languages. Some people's love language is acts of service. They don't need money from you. They just want to be sending you up and down. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And there are five love languages. You know that. Okay, maybe we'll next week, maybe where we are talking about those things, we'll, we'll mention that. I didn't understand it. But now I do. And that saved me. A, I'm a happier man. Can't you see that? A whole lot of stress is gone. If you check my hair, for instance, you will not see, you may not see, because they, they are growing faster these days, a single gray hair. You know why? My wife picks them out meticulously. So I just put my head on her laps. I just, she just serves me. If you check here, she plucks, she has this tweezer. Now, I know some of you, if your wife were to pick up all your gray hair, you'd be bald. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not recommending that. I'm just, no, no offense, no offense. Look straight, look straight. Now, now, I'm just saying that we serve each other. You have to learn to serve the people you are with. You know, my grandmother says that, um, how do we translate this to English? How do you translate that? Charity begins at home. Thank you. 
I was trying to do literal translation. I got stuck. <laughs> Charity begins at home. It's the people you see every day. Serve them. How else can I serve? Number two, threefold call to serve. Serve the people you are with. Number two, serve in the church you are in. Serve in the church you are in. If you are in this church, then serve in church. Serve in church. There are some people that are cleaning this place. There are some people that are taking care of the toilets. There are people that are arranging the chairs. There are some people that are making sure the videos are up. There are some people that are making sure that we have a good worship. There are some people that are welcoming us. There are people that are packing their cars. There are some people that are making sure your cars are safe. There are some people that are making sure your children are engaged with the gospel. There are some people that are engaging your teenagers. Where can you serve? Because you are saved to what? To serve. Saved people serve people. Number three, quickly. Join your local church family to serve the community we are in. Join us to serve this community. When we say, oh, we want to do an outreach, join us to serve the community. We want to feed the poor, join us to go to and feed the people. Join your church family to serve the community you are in. You know, we, we explained that there are only two things on earth that have eternal value. Only two things on earth that has eternal value. What are they? The word of God and, and the souls of men. The word of God and the, and the souls of, of men. <laughs> in Matthew 25, I'm skipping, I know. In Matthew 25, verse 34, Jesus says from verse 34, Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom for you, for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then this righteous one will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and fed you? Or thirsty and gave you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and gave you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these brothers and sisters, you are doing it for me. You see, when we say the souls of men, many times we think that it's just spiritual. No, there are physical things you do to men that touches their spiritual state. A man that is hungry, we cannot hear the gospel because if we hear his stomach first, the man that is naked, that you give clothing, we hear the gospel louder. The man that is homeless, that you provide a home for, will definitely hear the gospel louder. So our purpose as Christians, we always be to share the gospel with others in word and in deed. So that's why we are, 
we are heavy on that. We are, we are still talking about joining your local church family, your church family to serve the community. You need to join us to serve the community. We are, we are heavy on that. We are going to be doing a lot of that as, as we go on. You know, we, you know, we have a police outreach. You know that. Well, we minister to the police, um, policemen in this area. Consistently. By the grace of God, we help um, practically build the chapel there because it was totally run down. And amen. And we, we are looking at we are we are going to get the details. We, are, we want to build um, proper restroom for them and cafeteria for them, so that you know as they are eating, the word of God can enter also. And and for their families, stuff like that. We are heavy on that. We, you know, you've heard about the bridge, the bridge connecting the Av North with the Avs. The people, you may be sitting beside them today, they have maybe a hundred times more, a thousand times more, a million times more than you have. But they want to help you, but they don't know how. So that's what we have bridge for. So they give money to the bridge, and the bridge dispenses it. And you've heard these stories that come out of the bridge. Life-changing, totally life-changing stories. And we also partner with... um, NGOs that are focused in certain areas. So we are going to partner with an NGO that is focused on, on, on teenage pregnancy and, and rape, you know, and fund them and help them be effective. We can't do that. We are not structured to do that. So we help them do it well. We are currently in partnership with, a, with an NGO that goes to rural areas and, and pick up intelligent children and take them to good schools. And we are paying school fees of a few of them. The numbers we grow. We can't do that. We, can't, we don't have access to those communities, but we are partnering with those NGOs. And we've been doing that for how many years now? It's not something we are just going to start. For at least two years we've been doing that. But we are going to expand it by the grace of God. And many, many other things that we're going to do. Last Easter, we, talked, we did everything for 50, right? And... This July, we are going to have another, because we don't want to be waiting for Easter and Christmas to be doing those things. So this July, we are going to have another event, Everything for 50. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, what happened that day was that people in church brought things to church. Then we took those things to the community and sold everything for 15 naira each. So people were buying things they could have bought for only God knows for 15 naira. And all the money accrued in the wholesale. <laughs> if I tell you the amount, it's a lot. I was shocked when they told me the amount. But it's not even coming back to the church. We are not going to use, we are not using it to build, no. We are going to give it back to the community. One way or the other. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. A lot of you, you have things in the house that you will not miss. But those things can change other people's lives. You know, when I, my wife and I were, thinking, we were talking about putting things together for this, and from Tuesday, the church office is opened, we can bring this stuff. And she was saying, oh, we had this, we have these computers that we've not even touched. She says, we can sell it for 50. And something we say, eh, computer, 50. And I said to myself, 
Why not? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Some of you have better computers that you will not miss. It will change the lives of people. Bring it. Some of you have... One day, I hope, we sell cars for 15 naira. <laughs> one day. <clears throat> Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. What's your excuse today? What's your excuse for not serving God? What's your excuse? What's your excuse for not serving the people around you? I want you to think about your life. What's your excuse for not serving the people you sleep and wake up with? What's your excuse for not serving in the church that God has put you in? What's your excuse? What's your excuse for not joining us and serving this community? What's your excuse? Talk to God. And you may be here. What's your excuse today of not giving your life to Jesus? What's your excuse? You're saying, but pastor, I've given my life to Jesus before, but I'm backsliding. What's your excuse of not coming back to Jesus today? Are you going to put that excuse aside and say to me, pastor, pray with me. I want to pray with you wherever you are. You don't need to come forward. That is me. Pastor, I need to come back to God. I need to give my life to Jesus. Wherever you are seated there, I want to pray with you. Put your hand up now. Put up your hands over your head and I'll pray with you. Quickly, God bless you. If I put up your hand, put up your hand. Well, well, well. God bless you. God bless you right there. God bless you right there. God bless you right there. Another hand over there. God bless you. That is me. Put it up. What's your excuse today of not serving Jesus? Of not committing your life to Jesus. God bless you right there. God bless you. Now you're going to slip a card in your hand. Once you have the card, I want you to, to cry to God. Say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. God bless you right there, over here. Another hand over there. God bless you. That is me. The rest of us, why don't you wrestle with this? What's your excuse of not serving? What's your excuse of not serving the people you sleep and wake up with? What's your excuse of not, of not serving the people that God has put you in covenant with? That is me, Pastor. I want to commit my life to Jesus. If you, if you have the card already, you can put down your hand and talk to God and talk to God. If you don't have the card, put up your hand. I'm about to pray. Pastor, pray with me. Pray with me. I want to push these excuses aside. I want to commit my life to Jesus afresh. God bless you. Father in heaven, we thank you for everyone in this place today. We thank you. 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 I accept our thanks in Jesus' name. We thank you for everyone that you have drawn to yourself. We ask everyone that is committing their lives to you that you cleanse them totally breathe upon them afresh change their lives oh God use them for your glory and let your name be glorified Lord we pray for everyone that has heard your word today that we take away the excuses from our lives and we step up to serve our one and true and living God honor and glory we give unto you Lord Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying.